It's another Sunday night in comedy, and we're celebrating Father's Day with two of our favorite comedy dads. Who influenced them? What wisdom do they have for upcoming comics? I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Inside Jokes, baby! Right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Helping you stay six feet away from your dad since 1967. How about that? We're going to have to stop uh, pretty soon. We're going to finally be able to stop doing these COVID liners for Hakeem Optical. Won't be? Won't that be great? We have, of course, on the line our producer, Vince Tedesco. How are you doing, buddy? That Hakeem Optical tag sounded more like somebody with like daddy issues. Six feet away from your dad. If you have father issues, you've tuned into the right episode. Which, by the way, Vince, so it is, of course, our Father's Day special. You know, last month in May, we checked in with some comedy moms and, and sort of picked their brains on how they've been handling this whole year. What's it like balancing family and parenthood versus being a working comic? Because as we all know, that's a strange job even if you're like a 22-year-old bachelor, let alone raising a family. Uh, so tonight we're checking in with the dads in comedy, and uh, we're speaking on something that neither of us, Vince, know anything about, which is parenthood and fathering. Yeah, I mean, I, I had a father, but <laughs> I don't have any children. Yeah. I am a cat dad, but much hey. like you, I'm, a, I'm just a bachelor and an uncle. That's it. Yeah. How many nieces and nephews do you have? I have two nephews uh, who I haven't seen in quite a while because of this whole, you know, this pesky pandemic thing that's been going on. But, uh, uh, and I'm good with that. I go, I visit them, I do fun stuff with them, get them as hyper as possible, and then I leave. I that's still got you beat, Dino. I still got you beat. I'm 11. Well, you're Italian, so you got like, what, 35 or so? 11 nieces and nephews. Sounds about Hey, right. there's no uncle's day. We need an aunt's and uncle's day. Right? I have yeah. a coffee mug. That's it. Uh, no. There's no day. Anyways, we're going to check in with uh, an old friend of the show who we actually, we haven't talked to him since the good old studio days, Ian Sirota. Been a great friend of the show over the years. Always has something on the go. And one of our favorite Canadian comics, Steve Patterson, who uh, you might know him as the host of The Debaters, but he's also cranking out a new album. And he has a brand new book about this very topic, being a first-time dad. So we're going to talk to both of them about balancing fatherhood and comedy right here on Inside Jokes. Welcome back to an all-new Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And, of course, streaming coast-to-coast, Canada-wide, North America-wide, planet Earth-wide on Global News Online. Because this past year, we are nothing if not one community, aren't we? We've all been stuck at home listening to comedy content on the radio. Soon we'll be live on stage and in studio again, but we're still here. Tonight, we're, of course, celebrating Father's Day with two of our favorite comedy dads. First up on the show, we've got old friend of the show. It's been a while. I think last time we talked to him was pre-pandemic, back in the good old days. Ian Sirota's on the line. How are you doing, buddy? I'm pretty good, man. I, I miss you guys. <laughs> I think last time we talked to you, Ian, 
we were in studio together. I'm pretty sure. I don't think we've done any of this uh, Zoom stuff with you. It took Vince and myself almost an entire pandemic, a full year to even figure out how to do Zoom, by the way. Yeah. And now it's over. Now we do Zoom very well. We're heading into season six. So by about season 11 or 12, if we're still on the air, we'll figure out TikTok by then. So, uh, but we're going to pick your brain on how do you balance, you know, fatherhood and comedy? You've been at both of those things for, for a long time now. So we'll consider you an expert on both. We also have the one and only Steve Patterson joining us. Steve, how you doing, man? Hey, guys. How's it going? Good, good. And of course, to most of our listeners will, of course, know you best probably as the host of CBC's Debaters. You also have a new album that has just dropped, as the kids say, via Comedy Records and very timely indeed. uh, Also a book about this very topic about recent fatherhood. Um, So I guess I'll kick it off. I'm going to ask you guys, Steve, this is going to be a different one for you because, you know, Ian's kids are older and all this stuff. But I'm going to ask you guys something that we asked the moms back on our Mother's Day special back in May, which is not just as comics, but as people, as fathers, how the heck do you walk a family through such a bizarre turn of events like this past year? I mean, a global pandemic. So Ian, we'll ship that one over to you first. I mean, okay, how, all right. <laughs> what's that like? I mean, it, it's such a bizarre, I mean, none of us have experienced this in a century. I mean, so to, to, to sort of, you know, walk a family through such a strange, surreal time. Yeah. What's, what's that balance like? Well, my floor is lava, like maybe 14 times a day. I've played that <laughs> game like a million times. And uh, I basically told my kids that it's just like Halloween. It's never ending masks all the time. And uh, uh, we basically, you know, this is, this is how you start a manifesto. You, you, uh, you, hang out by yourself for a year and you start writing. I I don't know, like it's really hard to balance it all, but I I think honestly, I think children have adapted better than adults have to this. I think in a way, in a way too, right? Because there's, well, first off, depending how old your kids are, of course, there is no memory of what it was like before this. So it's just kind of what they know right now in the moment. And then eventually it'll be over and they'll kind of forget about it when they're older. But I mean, the one interesting thing, and I mean, Steve, this obviously of course applies to you as well. I mean, both being working comics, Steve, you're a busy guy. You're cranking out albums. You're usually on the festivals, you're hosting shows, all this stuff. I guess, I mean, in a forced way, the silver lining is it kind of does give you this at home time right now to just sort of be with family and get into this role of fatherhood when you'd normally be on the road 24 seven. Yeah, I mean, I have our, our youngest daughter is not quite two. So for her, the pandemic is it's no big deal. When you're a little kid, if you think about it, they just went through a way more restrictive lockdown, right? Like they were floating in fluid for nine months uh, attached yeah. to a tube. So for her, it's pretty cool. And everyone's around all the time. And I think that I didn't get that with my with my little girl Scarlett. I was I was touring about a month after she was born for for a month. So um, it has been nice to be around with the little ones during all this. But also, you know, they they can't miss you when you don't go away. <laughs> I think that's what I've learned. Uh, I was way more popular, you know, coming home from trips with stuff for them than just on a day to day basis. Going, no, you're not getting anything today either. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I remember that when I was a kid, too. If my, you know, my dad worked out of town a lot. That always meant I would wake up in the morning when he'd come home and there'd be like a new Nintendo game on top of the fridge. Then once he was home all the time, it was nice. like, well, that's just there's nothing exciting about that. You know? That's right. That's right. 
And think about their bragging rights. I mean, like, you know, our parents would ever say, I had to walk like 15 miles a day to go to school. They're like, well, they wouldn't even let us go to school when I was a kid. <laughs> like, they're going to be able to brag to their kids big time. Like, they have like the golden, uh, the golden uh, cross there of like, hey, I had it hard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just, I, I just to add to that, I do think, I think it's kind of, there's, it's frustrating and challenging to have them at home for school. But then when the second school is done, it's done. They're like, my daughter was taking a bus to school before that. So now, you know, school's done at two 30, she's off at two 31 and we're, we're, we're playing, you know, I, I like the extra play time my, myself. So uh, I, I like that part. I know she needs to hang out with more kids, but also a lot of kids are overrated. You know, I think that uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's good to take a little time away from people because kids start being, um, uh, you know, not nice at a young age. I don't know what we can say on this. So I'm trying to be careful with my words. No, you can say whatever you want. Sweet. Well, a lot of kids are uh, assholes and it comes from <laughs> being told parents. So, you know, this is a chance for parents to help their kids not become assholes. A lot of comics too. I mean, look, you know, it looked at this past year as almost sort of a forced writing room because unfortunately your calendar got wiped clean festivals went on pause all that stuff so you had all this writing time but the sort of catch-22 on that is you know what are you writing about you're stuck at home everybody's living the same experience so it's tough to generate new material when you're not out there living life and honing it for you guys it's a lot different because you're at home with families you're at home with kids did you did you find a lot of time this past year with all this stuff sort of being put on hiatus to actually sit down, work on some stuff you had on the back burner, come up with some new ideas? I did a lot of writing, uh, mostly jokes and stuff like that. But uh, I did keep up my writing. There were moments, I'm not going to lie, where it was pretty depressing. I was like, I guess I'm never going on stage again or anything. Mm -hmm. But I kept up my work. It's all I had, really. I mean, I wrote an entire book. I don't know if you guys know that. It's called Dad Up. It's out now. Um, I, you know, they, they say write about what you know or in lieu of that, write about what you're experiencing. And that's that's what I've been experiencing. So I would uh, watch the kids and interact with them during the day and then write about it at night. And uh, it was it was actually nice. It was nice to take a, you know, the news became so depressing to watch after a while this year that I stopped watching it and just focused on what was around me that I could partially control. So. You know, yeah, we've all been stuck at home, sitting on the couch, trapped in this god-awful 24-7 news cycle of just the world's literally on fire and, you know, riots and pandemic and Trumpism and all this stuff. And it's just nonstop being inundated with this stuff on social media and all that. And I think one thing that a lot of people are agreeing on is, you know, there, there might be that hesitancy with crowds going out again and being around other people. But I think one thing that we're going to see after this is a boon of people needing just pure and simple escapism again, to be able to go into a comedy club for 90 minutes or two hours, shut down your brain and just be in that moment and be able to laugh and not think about all this heavy stuff that we've just been soaking up this past year. Definitely. I mean, even my dog has COVID fatigue. He's like, yeah, why don't you walk yourself? I'm good this time. All right. Like, like we need to get out. Like uh, my daughter's going to a cottage this weekend and like they're vaccinated. And like, I just think after like 14 months, yeah, you need to do something with somebody else besides us. Like, <laughs> you know, like it's just enough already. I, I, I just feel for them. And uh, my son's ready to go too. So like, 
I'm just waiting for it to happen. I hope it happens. Frankly, the comics need some comic time too, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, we've we've been able to do a few uh, socially distanced, safe tapings of the debaters, which Ian was part of at the CBC building, and just that little camaraderie of comedians. No one, no one quite gets it, you know. Like there's, I mean, I I'm not coming out of this. Uh, I'm not coming out of this pandemic to hang out with accountants. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to. Yeah. Uh, I want to hang with the fellow comedians, and that's get get in those those jams. And I think that's what I. You know, I I miss doing shows, but I um, I miss doing shows, but I miss hanging out with the comedians more. That's our that's our office. It's wherever the comedians are. So, yeah, the I green suppose. room seems like holy ground. How much do you guys miss that green room environment? Yeah, yeah, A I'm lot. just getting my stuff at the uh, Ontario Ontario Cannabis Store now. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> I think another sort of positive side effect if there is any that's happened out of this is comics got a chance to sort of especially in Canada be fans of comedy again and be fans of each other again because normally when everything's full tilt and everything's out wide open and going you know in Canada especially you guys know everybody's sort of going after the same pool of things there's x amount of festivals x amount of galas x amount of sort of cherished gigs on the calendar here so you sort of have to compete for the same stuff and I think because that element was pulled away from everybody this year there's been sort of this appreciation again for fellow comics and for just being a fan of comedy again and taking in this stuff instead of always being locked into that mind frame of, I got to hustle, I got to get all this stuff before the other comic does. I've also yeah. unfollowed a million people during the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it really, it really taught me that I don't have time to waste on people that are just bringing crap to my life because life is crap right now. So like, I don't have time to waste anymore. I kind of figured out what, who are my people and I'm sure other people have too, because like some people have gone a little bizarro during this pandemic yeah. on social media, right? So it's, you've really learned to cut the, uh, cut the cord with some people. Yeah, there's been yeah. a bit of cabin fever that's been happening. All right, we're gonna go to break. We'll come back with more of our Dad Jokes Father's Day panel right here on Inside Jokes. Inside the Jokes, 6.40 a.m. Please tune in every Sunday night, okay? Thank you very much. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical, helping you spot hecklers in the crowd since 1967. We have two of our favorite comedy dads on the air with us tonight, celebrating Father's Day. We've got Steve Patterson and Ian Sirota. Uh, one thing that I wanted to sort of pick both of your brains on, uh, because even pre-pandemic, this has been a huge sort of topic and and a and a change happening in comedy over the last couple of years. We're, we're living in an age right now of a lot of sort of social change and social upheaval. You know, it's the, there's all this talk and fear mongering about cancel culture and we're in the wokeness era and we're in this social media era for comics. That means a lot of change happening. And there's a lot of people who 
do or don't have a dog in that fight for you guys, not just as comics, but also as dads. Does that sort of change your outlook on how you raise kids in this climate? Either of you, yes. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> well, I can just say this. My, my kid uh, has a lot of shirt days at school, right? There's like yeah. uh, hmm. pink shirt day for bullying and there's orange shirt day for indigenous kids. But there's no like shirt day for poor white kids, which I think they should have. I think they should have like a like a no shirt day, you know, like it could uh, sponsor it by Budweiser. They could do various activities <laughs> like which artificial cheese is this and, uh, you know, maybe learn how to put truck nuts on their big wheels or something. I just want to be inclusive with everybody, really. You were waiting so long to be able to test those ones out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, we had we had hot dog day when I was a kid, and it was like just boiled wieners. I feel like that's probably close enough to that. Uh, I mean, Steve, same with you for a, for a more recent dad. I mean, does this? I don't know what kind of a change it puts puts on your comedy. Have you you've always been sort of a, a pretty broad reaching, you know, approachable comic? Does this sort of put a different mindset on the way you bring up your kids? Because it's a it's it's a di it's a different era for young kids now. What what happens at school and what you can say and how you treat others and how you relate to people. Well, yeah, definitely. I have, uh, I have a lot of stuff in the, in the book about bullying. And when I grew up, it was my older brothers and I just fist fighting our way through any conflict resolution. So I've got to, there's gotta be some more subtle nuance in there for, uh, for little, little girls. I found out that I can't just deal with bullying by calling my brother in Nova Scotia and asking him to come in and deal with this six-year-old girl that's been bugging my daughter. So I, uh, you know, it's important that they, it's important that they uh, are aware of things and especially with indigenous things coming up and the children that are affected. My daughter's got a lot of questions about that every day. And uh, I hope that, I hope that the schools try to take that head on, but then I look at, you know, the people in charge of the Ontario government and, and uh, I have to explain to them, you know, aim, aim higher. I'm not sure how this guy got the job, but aim higher uh, than, than these people, because there's, people in positions of power that I have no idea how they got there. I'd prefer that we all become smarter than the people that are currently in charge. Yeah. And I think that's a great point about what, you know, what they might be finally talking about openly in school and teaching in school, because I'm sure you guys remember. And I certainly remember, I mean, that was just stuff that was never, never addressed. You just got this sort of blanket, very British version of Canadian history. And it was like, a simple timeline and then somebody signed a piece of paper and now we're a country and everything's great. We always had this outlook of like, those are all American problems. Those are American things. And, and right now, which is crazy that it's taken this long, but now people are finally starting to talk about that. And, stuff. And, oh, we, and we are talking about it in school. Cause my daughter's class did talk about it and we did the poster, you know, uh, uh, and everything with the shoes and, and they are aware of what's going on and they are concerned. So that's a positive is that the schools are adjusting a little bit. I mean, I'm sure it's not part of their curriculum yet, but they did address it. So that's a, a total positive to take out of this. We're not burying our head, heads in the sand. Yeah, because it was kind of always just, you know, under the carpet this entire time. Right. You know, there's also that sort of, the, there's that old adage of like, you know, you always want your kids to have it better than you did. For you guys, when your kids are older, I mean, realistically, I think, you know, this is going to be from millennials to Gen Z, this is going to be really the first generation where 
it's almost impossible until you're like well into your mid to late thirties really now to, you know, settle down, find the person you're with, buy a house, figure your career out, all that stuff. It's really almost impossible to get sort of that solid footing. And, you know, people are moving out of their parents' homes way later now. Do you guys, do you guys ever sit there and think about that stuff? Do you worry about that as dad's going like, how are my kids going to be able to like financially do this when they're old? Well, Dean, I didn't think about it till just now. And now I'm doing the math <laughs> in my head. And I started later than Ian did because uh, I believe, is your daughter in her teens now, Ian? I have the a, uh, I have a uh, 12 year old and I have a six year old. Yeah. Okay. So they're right. They're right on the verge, right. Of the, yeah. of the teenage years. Mine, <laughs> my oldest is six. My youngest is not quite two. So if I'm doing the math, I need them to be financially independent in their early teens. So um, I don't know if that's a TikTok thing or what, but I, I, uh, I prefer to not do the math <laughs> because I was already not going to retire as a comedian. And now I'm for sure not going to retire. It's going to go directly from me taking care of them to them physically taking care of me. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I mean, the other thing I always wonder about too, I mean, cause as comics, you know, you guys, let's say when obviously when live shows are going and all that stuff and comedy gets back, gets back to normal or whatever it's going to look like. But for you guys, I mean, you're at home, you're in family mode, you're in dad mode, you go out at night, you go out to the club to work and all that stuff. It, it, comedy is such a lifestyle job. You're spending all of your time in clubs and bars and, and, and mics. And you're sort of, as comics, you sort of dive deep into the baser side of human nature. You hear a lot of stuff and you see a lot of things that probably are completely counterintuitive to what like normal family at home life is like. Does all that stuff for you guys terrify you with the thought of like your kids going on the internet let's say and what they can figure out and what they can be exposed to um i mean like you can't stop it right and i have two me's right i have the comedian me and the dad me and i i i'm up late on the weekends and i'm up early during the week and uh but my kids are adjusting like they're like my son the other day, we were singing the national anthem and he just turned to me. He goes, we stand on shit for shit. <laughs> I go, this kid really gets it. Like he understands what's going on. He's only six. Like I just, I think my kids, because we're comedians, like even with what you were saying financially, we have struggled. We are living on a different kind of mode than most nine to five people. Yeah. My kids are living a more bohemian kind of lifestyle than my neighbors, let's say. So I think they're going to be well-adjusted and well-rounded when they get out there in the world. Financially, they're fucked. <laughs> but but they're, they have minds and adaptability that we have, that we've taught them, that's going to serve them well, I think, as adults. Well, I think there's almost this savviness that's going to be there because I think I was... I was the I was part of the first generation where, you know, I remember the first kid in the neighborhood whose house had the Internet. So that was the Internet house. You'd go there and he'd go get on the phone and go, Mom, hang up the phone. I want to, you know, play Wolfenstein or whatever. And that was it for years. There was like the Internet house now, like even I don't have kids, but looking at my own nephews, like my older nephew, when he was two or three years old, he's picking up an iPad and he knows how to find YouTube and he knows how to find his channel that he likes. Yeah. And that's it. Like there's not really as much sort of policing that's required or that you probably could even do really. 
Yeah, I, I, I think Ian's right that uh, we laugh at things more than we can. We comedians generally can laugh at things others can't. We can find the humor in it. And I, I actually think that's a good skill to have to pass on to your kids because you don't want them to make a joke of everything necessarily, but as many things as you can, I think you do because they're, um, you know, they're, they're, it's a sign of, uh, it's a sign of intelligence to have a good sense of humor about things and about yourself. And that's why I, I worry when, when people in power don't have a sense of humor about themselves or anything else. So, um, you know, I, I guess what I'm saying is we're going to need our kids to uh, get into positions of power and change the entire, uh, the entire grid of the world. Wow. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Everybody just needs like to raise a bunch of Greta Thunbergs and that's it. Then we're, everybody's good. And <laughs> it might be a, might be a little too woke. We still need the administrators. Yeah. I, I, you know, I okay. slammed accountants earlier in this. We still need people to count the money we don't have. Yeah, and I don't want my daughter yelling shame at me when I serve her peas at dinner. <laughs> Speaking of, and I guess, I mean, Ian, uh, uh, your kids are older, so this maybe applies a little bit more to you. But, you know, we, we talked to Kate Davis about this last month on the Mother's Day show. Your kids find the comedy thing cool or is it just like they don't care? That's just what dad does. Like, is it just a boring dad job to them? Uh, they think my jokes are corny or whatever, but like they we have fun like with the whole nine yards of it like it just i don't explain it like my my kids are funny like they're pretty funny on their own like my son the other day we were singing the ghostbuster song and i'm like uh you know the part is like uh, i'm not afraid of no ghosts and i go charlie are you afraid of ghosts he's like yeah i'm five i'm a kid of course i'm afraid (laughs) of ghosts what's wrong with you (laughs) but like you know it just made me laugh so hard and I know, like, he's got a good sense of humor. He's got that from us. So it, it makes me happy. Yeah, and I mean, I think, and Steve kind of hit on this earlier, too. I mean, being being comedy parents, you do have that sort of probably openness with your kids, that open forum in your house that really doesn't exist elsewhere. There's just sort of this emphasis on just conversation and being able to pull things apart in life that, you know, a lot of parents might be quite a bit more stuffy about. Uh, all right, we're going to go to break now and come back with more of our Father's Day panel More dad jokes right here on Inside Jokes, Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Okay, hey, this is Dave Merhez, and you are listening to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to Inside Jokes. Right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is, of course, our Father's Day special. We're talking dad jokes with Ian Sirota and Steve Patterson. Uh, you know, we were kind of, before the break, we were delving more into the gloom and doom of how are your kids going to be able to buy a house 25 years from now and will there be a planet? So we'll, we'll sidestep all of that stuff. Actually, really quick, though, do you guys, because another big topic that everybody's <laughs> harping on right now is the environment it is kind of scary they put this huge like doomsday clock in times square now that counts down exactly how how much longer we have before basically we're all screwed (laughs) like so as if new yorkers don't have enough to worry about lately but you walk past this giant clock and you go seven years and 55 weeks and two hours it's okay that's we're doomed do you guys think about that stuff i mean i won't stay on this for too long but do you guys or are you just trying to enjoy the now? 
My, uh, I will say that I have a, a very empathetic daughter, Scarlett, who's like her mom and has empathy for everyone and wants everyone to like her and feels others' pain. And I'm trying to get her to shift uh, towards a little bit less empathy, which, which my youngest daughter was born with, uh, <laughs> that she really doesn't care if people don't like her. Uh, she's, she's all about her. And uh, that's, I think it's okay. Maybe she'll grow out of it, but um, I, I'm much more of the be in the moment and, uh, you know, don't hurt anybody, but, uh, have as good a time as you can. And if there's people that are having a problem with you, it's probably on them as long as you're a good person. So I think that, uh, we should all be a little empathetic of others, but you know, when you come across a, a type a, again, it's all back to bullying and people that aren't worth wasting your time on, then, then don't waste your time on them. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about the environment, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's the people that are, you know, the people that yeah. are destroying well, the, the world. We get it. <laughs> that's, that's a little bit of a bigger question, I guess. The humans, yeah. Well, I just know, like, it's not like we're tossing beer bottles out the car window while we're driving or anything. Like, I'm, we're aware of the way the world is, but you totally, I agree with Steve, you totally got to live in the moment, especially with kids. You don't have long with them you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow with ev anybody or anything and with our health in this p pandemic so like on the total moment this last year's turned me into a total moment kind of person for sure i think and i mean you know we've talked to a lot of comics comics who are parents comics who aren't and i think the one common denominator that has happened this year is you know because comedy is such a it's a feast or famine kind of a thing, especially in Canada. You're always chasing after the next gig. You're keeping your calendar full. You're constantly grinding it out. I think this has forced, and especially you guys, because you do have kids and families at home, but I think this has forced a lot of people in comedy to sort of slow it down a bit and step back and appreciate normal life off stage again. It's sort of a reset. It's like friends, family, who am I when I'm not that sort of amped up version of myself that's on stage at night? And it's sort of given us this appreciation for the small things and the small moments again, that normally you can't really, you know, comedy is a lifestyle job. So you don't really get to focus on that stuff all the time. Yeah. <laughs> that's the right answer Ian. That is the correct answer. Um, more of a Ted talk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I think that making people laugh is a good, is a good thing whatever yeah. you're doing you know and that's uh so scarlet's uh very happy that that's something that i do and she wants to be uh, a part of that do i want her to go into it professionally i mean probably not but uh i'm not gonna try to discourage her completely from that you know everyone talks about uh wanting and needing comedy in their life i hope there's more appreciation of it on the other side as there should be with all the performing arts there you go. Amen. Do you guys remember, by the way, how you first, like, wh how you first sort of caught the comedy bug? Like, did your parents have any influence on that? Like, I always go back to, I remember the first time uh, my mom let me stay up to watch Letterman. And I remember her going, oh, Dave's in a bad mood tonight. You can always tell when Dave's in a bad mood. Do you guys remember, like, your first exposure to the first live comic you saw or first album you listened to or the first time you watched SNL, whatever the case may have been. Did your, and did your parents have any influence on that? Was that a thing in your house growing up? Uh, in my house? Yeah. We used to sneak up and watch Saturday night live um, when we were kids, when it first started uh, my brother and I, but I remember getting into comedy because I went to see the English patient with my fiance hilarious hilarious <laughs> yeah. Flick. yeah as it was well like a four-hour chick flick if you can still say that really long 
And you know, it's like about this guy gets in the plane wreck and then the movie goes backwards and you're waiting for him to get back on the plane, right? And it's the kind of movie that you went with with a girl that who to show her that you love her and that you appreciate her and thanks for putting up for all my Bruce Willis movies. So that uh, finally Ralph Fiennes gets back in the plane and I, I yell out, finally in the movie theater because i know he's gonna die right and the movie's over this crap is over and uh i heard like small laughter from uh the other men in the audience and then uh i got my first applause break ever and uh i heard them <laughs> laughing and then this girl i was gonna marry in the car on the way back's like you just had to do it right you just had to be funny right i go and she goes uh i guess you should give up your life and become a comedian i go you know what i think i'm gonna do that and uh the next day she broke up with me and i uh i heard she's got like a third cottage in muskoka's now they're renovating so uh the joke's on her <laughs> <laughs> way to way to one downer ian maybe two <laughs> right I don't. I don't really remember being like uh, necessarily motivated by any one thing to do comedy. I, I couldn't believe that it was a job that uh, you could get paid to do. I kind of went on to a yuck yucks night, an amateur night, when I was in university, and my my dorm mates had signed me up to to try to get the jokes out of me. It was like it was supposed to be an exorcism. I think they they thought he's going to go up, he's going to bomb, and he's he's going to stop bugging us in our dorm. And uh, and to their surprise, it went well, even though I had in no way prepared to go on stage. I was just talking off the top of my head so that uh, I was sort of forced into it sideways. So I should thank them, even though I don't think their intentions were, were good. <laughs> Are you still friends with those guys or? Uh, not, not really. One of them. <laughs> You know, it's like it's like those it's like those first few years when all of your friends, like all of your cottage bu college buddies or whatever, would follow you to Mike's because they just want to watch their friend bomb. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's then, right. Then when it becomes the thing you do, then everybody's gone. You produce a show or something, you need them to come out; they're long gone. They just wanted to watch yeah. the painful first couple of years, right? Uh, all right, right, we're gonna come back with more of our Father's Day panel. Find out what you guys are working on, what new stuffs coming out. I know Steve has a book and an album all kinds of things. Ian has some live shows that are streaming that we had to tell him the dates of. So we'll come back <laughs> with more inside jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hello. This is Scott Belfort, and you're listening to Inside Jokes on 640. Dad jokes right here on Inside Jokes, Global News Radio 640 Toronto, celebrating Father's Day Sunday with two of our favorite comedy dads. We have Ian Sirota and Steve Patterson, both with some upcoming projects to talk about. But first, Ian Sirota, you said you have a letter that you wrote to your son. Yeah, sometimes I write stuff for my kids to open up when they become adults. And this is a, a letter I wrote to my son to uh, read in the future. The hardest thing I ever had to do wasn't easing your pain when you were hurt or wiping your tears when you were sad. The hardest thing I ever had to do was pretending I was interested and in listening you talk endlessly about the stupid sus gamers you watched on YouTube. 
You hear me, brah? <laughs> I, I, I don't even know what the word you sus frame it. Yeah, now we're all going to Google sus. Yeah, I don't suspect. know what sus means. It's suspect. Yeah. All the kids say it. Learn ah, the oh, suspect, yeah. oh, I know it's everyone thinks it's suspect. sexual, but it's suspect. No. <laughs> Love it. Sus was sexual. Wasn't it something back way back when? Sus was something like either you know you're on the wrong side of the whip. <laughs> it was on an episode of Law and Order SVU. <laughs> that's right. The meaning of it. Uh, SVU right. SUS. <laughs> so that's for your son when he's how old? Twenty one. Uh, I'm sorry to think I'm going to bring it up to twelve, but <laughs> yeah, 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 move that up. Yeah, twenty one. Fair enough. Uh, all right, we'll go around and figure out uh, what we're working on. I know Steve has a variety of new things rolling out or that have recently come out. Uh, so, Ian, you have some you have some streaming shows coming up. Which, by the way, we haven't talked to you since pre-pandemic. How much have you dipped your feet into all these like Zoom shows and live streaming stuff? And how bizarre is it? Because we've had a mixed mixed bag of opinions on that. I actually am kind of good at them. <laughs> like I, I don't know why, but uh, I dip my bag, as you say, into it a little bit. But <laughs> as an older man, it's easier to dip. But uh, but I, I, I'm glad they're ending. I'm not gonna lie. I, I prefer live audiences. Uh, I have a, I have um, an actual Zoom gig uh, before your show airs, and I have a Zoom gig on July 9th for a really good charity. Uh, with the black sheep comedy people. So look that up, black sheep comedy on July 9th, uh, for an awesome charity. I'm doing a show and I actually have a, I'm really excited. I have a live, my first live performance gig is on June 25th at the Hender estate winery in St. Catharines. I'm working with, uh, Fiona O'Brien, who's a really funny lady and uh barry carter so and also david green so it's gonna be i just can't wait to do it uh the zoom shows were fun but i i i'd be happy if they were over they're fun but you're ready to move move on that's been the common consensus for sure and fiona o'brien by the way was on our mother's day panel uh weighing in on 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 mum jokes uh steve patterson uh you of course you have a book about this very topic about father Do, do i have time to read it you have, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'd be like Andy doing yeah. yeah, for sure. That's right. It's yeah. 223 pages. How much time do we have left here? Um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's out there now. It's uh, especially for Father's Day would be all right, but it's available. At, it's available in book form if you want to read yourself, or I'll read it to you in audio book form, or it's in ebook. And it's uh, yeah, basically the difference between how I. Brought, I was brought up as the youngest of five and how I'm trying to bring up two young girls. There's uh, not a lot of uh, that Venn diagram. They barely touch, but it's uh, somehow turned into a book. <laughs> there you awesome. go. And also a uh, new album through Comedy Records, who has been cranking out some amazing content, keeping people occupied this past year. Yeah, that's uh, Young Steven sort of remastered. It's really not that. The material is stuff that I hadn't released before, and then I got some comedians to call in and give me notes on the bits, uh, which I will probably never act on. So it's um, <laughs> it was an interesting premise to comedy records, and uh, through the process of them listening, a couple tracks were eliminated that should never uh, be released again. So it was a real, it was a real nice experience. There you go, and people, of course, can get that. 
uh, through comedyrecords.ca, which by the way, Steve, before we wrap it up, how much did becoming a dad? Cause I mean, Ian's been talking about this stuff on stage for, for a long time now, they, you know, hmm. since his kids were born for you, how much did this change the flavor of what you're talking about on stage? How much does it impact your material? Oh, a lot. I want my kids to be able to uh, watch the shows. And uh, even if they don't get all the references, I want them to be able to at least come up with it. And also, I, I like talking about politics and young kids are exactly like politicians. They, uh, they're, they're speaking, but they don't really know what's coming out. And they're pretty selfish for the most part. And a lot of them drool and poop uh, in their own pants. So there's a lot of there's a lot of overlap. There we go. Ian Sirota, Steve Patterson, thank you guys so much for joining us and glad to hear you guys are keeping busy. I think we're, we're, we're coming towards the end of the tunnel here, so we look forward to seeing you guys both live on stage doing what you do. Check out Steve's book. Check out Steve's album. Watch Black Sheep Comedy streaming online July 9th. That is our panel, and don't forget you can listen to all of our shows right back to the beginning on Global News Online. Dads, thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, you for I, having I wish us. You weren't my son. <laughs> oh, look at that. Happy Father's Day, boys. Happy Father's yeah. Day. To all Happy Father's Day, dads. Cheers. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi, and you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week featuring Steve Patterson. Hey, Steve, it's Ivan. I just listened to the track called Razors from your album, and, um, you know, I just don't think anybody's going to care about uh, razor blades as a subject of, well, any kind of conversation, really, but comedy especially, it just doesn't fly, you know? It's it's just pretty boring. Like, I don't know why you would bring up something so mundane in an entertaining medium such as this, you know? Like, comedy's supposed to be about life-changing stuff, big things that affect everybody, you know, like who really cares about razors? I just don't see it. You know, maybe you and I are different in that way, but like, you know, maybe they talk about politics is big, people like that. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, more, just better stuff to, to discuss. So yeah, maybe give that a shot.